Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Grab your Bibles with me this morning. We're going to deal with a subject called the mountain of God. There's a few things that I need to prepare you for in the preaching of this sermon and where we are in Life Church. If you've just come Sunday morning because it's Sunday morning and you're supposed to be in church, you may not get the fullness of what's happening here. Amen. Because we're at a strategic inflection point to where we're making a turn out of the status quo of religiosity into the divine will and the favor of God. Amen. Uh, and I, I told a bunch of you here that were here Monday night when we cast the vision that God spoke to me and said that Life Church is actually a hard hat area, meaning we're under construction. And when things are under construction, there's things shifting and changing, and uh, you got to wear the proper gear so that you don't get hurt or injured, amen? And we're just trying to follow the blueprint of God, so that's where we're at. So it may take a little while, it will take a little while for God to rebuild his kingdom in the manner and the magnitude in which he desires, uh, but God has spoke to me and told me to sound the alarm. Won't you listen to me for just a minute? And he told me to sound, he put me on a quest to sound the alarm. Me and the Lord wrestled all night long. He would wake me up and tell me, sound the alarm. And I've given you that testimony, uh, trying to bring the church back to its original purpose and to shake up all the peripherals that we've added to this great thing called the kingdom. Uh, and so we started preaching on the mountains of the Lord, the three mountains. But you got to understand before we get into scripture that you are a created being. And all created beings are created with an inerrant uh, propensity to worship. Amen. It's, it's in us. Why? Because we didn't create ourselves. We were created by God. And therefore when you have a superior, there's always something in you to worship. People worships in different forms. Amen. And people who don't even call themselves worshipers are worshiping something. Amen. Whether it be material things or it just be things. And one of the worst things is narcissism. If nothing else, we'll worship ourselves. And it always leads to destruction. So having said that, Satan, amen, and statistics show that mankind is religious by nature. We're religious by nature. We may not have the right religion, but we're religious by nature. And statistics show that the countries with the highest devotion to religion, amen, uh, that's outside the Most High God are the nations who suffer the most poverty. I thought that's ironic, amen, that the nations with the most religion in them that are more dedicated than we are to our Abba Father God, Jehovah, that sometimes those countries are the most poverty-stricken simply because they're worshiping a false god uh, in, in certain areas and uh, situations. I don't want to put everybody in that umbrella. But I'm trying to get to the point to where in America, and especially in the Bible Belt, um, to where it's more common to be a worshiper than not a worshiper. It's more common to be a Christian than not a Christian that non-Christians are more Christian than, uh, than 
good Christians up north. Is that fair enough? Because it's who we are. It's what we do. You were raised doing it. Amen? You were raised doing it. You were raised to be benevolent and generous and kind. When you get up further north, it's an offense to say, yes, ma'am. Are y'all okay? Amen. It becomes an offense. It's not their culture. So having said, are y'all still with me? I'm not rambling. I'm trying to get somewhere. Having said that, the devil is the master at, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Counterfeit. He's the master. And I've learned to be a master counterfeiter myself having grandchildren. I have learned don't take a toy away from a one-year-old unless you got a substitute. I have learned when I find them playing with something or chewing on something they shouldn't be chewing on, if I can get something else and I can slip that away and hand them that, I'm fine with it. Are y'all follow, anybody else ever done that? You're not a grandparent yet. Amen. So, so it, 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 it pacifies the child and he don't even realize that you took something from him. Huh? So Satan says, I, I, I can work you. I, I know how to work you. I'm not stupid. You can say he's stupid all you want. He was smart enough to take, uh, talk Adam and Eve out of paradise. He's pretty sharp. Amen. So Satan has said, I'm going to take away pure religion and give you a counterfeit and you'll keep right on worshiping. He said, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Amen. So it's my job as your pastor and spiritual leader and the shepherd of your soul under the chief shepherd, which is Jesus Christ, to reveal the counterfeit. But not only to reveal the counterfeit this morning, we are going to try to establish the true mountain of God. Are y'all with me like church? It's the best. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> Come on, back there shake. We got guests in the house. I'm sorry, JW. You can't bring nobody to this church. I just love this family from Ethiopia. Y'all are just glowing. Thank you for laughing with me. You're not laughing at me. You're laughing with me. I mean, I am human. I do belch. Okay. Could get worse. Anyway. <laughs> the Satan is a master counterfeiter. Oh, God, this is getting bad. Pray for me, Diane. She said, move on, Pastor. Amen. So Satan is the master counterfeiter. As a matter of fact, amen, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which makes up the Godhead. And your Bible says in one scripture, these three are one. Amen. And, and that could go either way, preach a lot of ways. So Satan came up with his own Godhead. Amen. He has the false prophet, the prophet, and the antichrist. So in every area, what Satan does is create a counterfeit because you are a worshiper at heart. So he knows he can't make you quit worshiping. So if he can get you worshiping in the wrong direction, you'll be okay. Or he'll be okay wrecking your lives. Are y'all with me so far? So we have to take the word of God and we got to declare the truth of God because we have been in three weeks. This is our past three weeks of fasting and praying for God's kingdom to come. 
I'm going to prove to you today, I hope and pray, that you'll begin to see that the whole um, imperative of the Old Testament was Moses going into the Egypt and getting God's people to a mountain. Somebody say mountain. To get them to a mountain. Why? The mountain is the habitation of God. It's where God dwells. Are y'all with me this morning? It's the habitation of God. So all through your Bible, when you see the mountain of the Lord, it's actually talking about God's house. There's some other terminology I need to throw out there. The mountain and the kingdom is the same house. Okay? It's, it's the same house. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray what? Thy kingdom come. So you're actually praying for the mountain of God or the house of God to be established in our midst. Well, we have been praying and seeking the face of God that we would find the true mountain, the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms made by man. Today, my goal is to expose that mountain so that we can tweak this thing and make sure we're not being deceived. Amen. I need you. I need crowd participation. So I need you to look at your neighbor and say, I do not want to be deceived. Everybody can't say that with everything about them because a lot of us want to be deceived. I'd rather hold on to my mountain Amen, because I can worship in my way, amen, and still do my thing. But there are some people in this church that wants the mountain of the Lord to be established because when it is, amen, our geographical location will be changed forever. So let's look at some scriptures. I'm going to go back to the book of John chapter number 4. Josh, I don't have these written down, so you may have to leave me. I don't know what I gave you. Uh, can you lead me up there? Uh, I read... All of these scriptures last week, but I'm only taking a few this week for the sake of time. Now, remember when I talk about the mountain of God, I'm talking about where God dwells. God dwells, and he wants to establish his mountain on this earth, okay? His house, his habitation. I read these scriptures because in these scriptures, it reveals two different mountains that Jesus is alluding to, to the woman at the well. Jesus said, this woman, she just came to Jesus uh, I hate leaving out scriptures. We're starting in verse number 16. Uh, and he said unto her, Go call your husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. In that you truly said. The one woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, and our fathers, here it is, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. She's pointing at the mountain of Samaria. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. It's where the men ought to worship. And Jesus' response was unto her was, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said unto him, I know the Messiah is coming. Somebody say she was a believer. Somebody say she was a worshiper. We're going to back up just a little bit. 
She was a worshiper. She had had five relationships, dysfunctional as she could be, was in a relationship now to where it wasn't her husband, but was in relationship with. She said, we worship, we worship, we worship. Amen. Our father, Jacob, gave us this mountain to, or this well to drink from. Uh, and we're even like everybody else waiting on the coming of the Messiah. Somebody shout another mountain. There's another mountain that's being preached in the Bible Belt. That Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, and when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee, I'm him. Okay, let's jump to the book of Hebrews. I love flock note because now I can get my thoughts out to you. Amen. Can y'all just wave at me if you got flock note? Sent to you this week. Wow, this is good. I really wish all of us was on it. Amen. And it lets me know you're already where I'm going this Sunday. You're already where I'm going. I've sent you these scriptures out and asked you to help me pray. But there is one thing you got to understand about where I'm about to read. I'm about to read from a writer who is writing to a group who understood the mountain of Sinai where God came down. He, he's talking to a group of people that, that was there. There, there are there. They had forefathers that was there. When God came down on the mountain, Moses brought them to the mountain. The mountain was on fire. The mountain was shaking. It was trembling. The voice of God sounded like a loud trumpet coming out of that mountain, and the people were terrified. Even Moses was terrified to see such a holy God. So the writer jumps in and says, that's the old mountain y'all used to, but now you're about to come to a new mountain. Somebody shout new mountain. You're coming to another mountain. It's not the same mountain. We're going to begin in verse number 18. For you are not come to the mountain that might be touched. It's not physical anymore. It's spiritual. That burn with fire nor unto the blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they heard entreated that the words should not be spoken. They said, we can't handle what's coming out of that mountain. Verse 20, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that even Moses, the man who hung out with God, said, I exceedingly fear and I am shaking. But ye, 22, here's your mountain, church. Here's the mountain of the Lord. I need you to catch this. You are coming to Mount Sion, to the city of the living God. It's a mountain. It's his house. It's his city. And if you can receive it, it's his church. You're coming to Mount Sion. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to an innumerable company of angels. We got company, y'all. Are you with me? You've come into a place where angelic beings are dwelling. They're called to your side to help you. 23, you've come to the general assembly to the church of the firstborn, which is written to heaven. And oh, look, you've come to God. You've come into the presence of God. On this mountain is the presence of God. 
And on this mountain, uh, we see a different title than Father. We see in this mountain, He's not only the Father, but He is the what? Judge of all. And you have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. Oh, yeah, and it gets better. Not only have you come to the general assembly, not only have you come to God, but look at 24, you've come to who? Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that is saying better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him that speaketh, for they did not escape who refused him that spake on earth. How much more shall we not escape if we turn from him that speaketh in heaven? One more scripture. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he promised one more. Once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Uh, One more, 27. And this word yet once again signifying the removing of those things that are shaken, as the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's a whole lot of stuff that's hard to understand. But let me just start off with this. God said, on my mountain, there's a continual shaking. And I'll shake everything off my mountain that you made. All your man-made systems, all your religious traditionalism, When the real mountain is established, it'll start shaking it. It'll start shaking it. So some people won't feel comfortable in a kingdom church to where the mountain of the Lord is being established because we're deep-rooted in traditionalism. We're deep-rooted in traditionalism, and when my religious traditionalism starts being shaken, I get uncomfortable And instead of realizing that it's God shaking everything off this mountain that you created, we'll go to another church that adheres to those traditions. Oh, I'm just going to get real now. Hence, we have denomination. Hence, we have sex, if you will, S-E-C-T-S, amen. And because I couldn't make the turn and and, and I couldn't embrace the movement, I'll settle somewhere because I'm a worshiper. And I have to be in worship, but I'm going to find someone who clings to my idealism. Oh, my God, I'm saying a whole lot more than you're receiving right now. My my idealism, and I didn't take time to read. Throw up my scriptures in Galatians. And Galatians talked about this. Paul talked about this. Is that the only one I gave you? Uh, He said, uh, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. What he's talking about is the religious system of the Old Testament. The mountain of Jerusalem was given birth to children, and they was born with the same bondages as the religious system. In other words, it's like a drug-addicted mother who is addicted to a substance. And when she is pregnant, when she gives birth to the child, he's born into bondage. He's born addicted to something, not because he partook of it, but because of the generation in front of him partook of it. And doesn't double, and it's all I know. Now I am bound just as I am born bound. Oh, you listen to me. Give me my other scripture up there. I'm born bound, and I'm just doing what they do because they always done it. 
It's not in my heart. It's not in my mind. It's not in my spirit. But they dress like this, talk like this, act like this. And I was born into a system, and it's the way I act. Amen. But he said, this new mountain is Jerusalem from above, and she is free, and she is the are you following me? So when we get the right mountain established, not you won't no longer be born a bond child. You will be born, you will be freeborn. Oh, how do I work this? You'll be freeborn. In other words, on the mountain of the Lord, amen, he said it's the mother of us all, which is the church. And when she produces children, she produces children that look just like the father. And so when you're born again, you're born free. Oh, I'm going to preach beyond your experience, so you're going you're gonna to buck me just a little bit. He said, on the mountain of Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, on the mountain of God, when people get saved here, when they get up, they're free. Oh, I don't know if y'all can receive this. They're free. They don't have to take 12 steps to get off drugs. They don't have to take 12 steps to get off alcohol. They ain't got to take 12 steps to get away from religious activity. He said, when you're born from the right mountain, you're born free. Is anybody in this place? I don't know if the church can receive this kind of preaching anymore. Amen. That there is an experience called the born again experience uh, that I can kneel at the right mountain. I can deal, deal at the mountain of God and when I get up, behold, all things are new. All things have passed away. But we've settled for the wrong mountain because now we got to get you saved and counsel you to do the right thing. Now we settle for, uh, uh, you used it. But thank you. Behavior modification. And we are modifying your behavior, but we still let you left you bound. So you're bound on the inside, but you've learned to act like them, walk like them, spit like them. Is anybody in this place? But we're not free on the inside because everything within me is wanting to go left and you say go right. Boy, this is too much, isn't it? Help me, Holy Spirit, to work this. So the devil says, I'll create a mountain to pacify your need to worship. And that mountain will leave you in bondage and you'll never experience this freedom. So that's where we get the mountain of Samaria. And we got a dysfunctional woman who's had five failed relationships and is now in a relationship with someone she's not even married to. Amen. But she's still a worshiper. Are y'all still in this place? Amen. She's still a worshiper. She's still a worshiper. Why? Because she's got it in her heart. But she's messed up on the inside because she stay, can't stay committed and she's looking, and she's looking, and the only thing that's holding me steady is, you know, I, I worship, and that's the mountain we worship at, and our fathers handed this down to us. Are y'all okay this morning? Amen. And I brought it out last week, and I'm going to bring it out again, that five is the number of grace. Five is your biblical number of grace. And the Bible says I've had five husbands and now the sixth one I'm not even married to. In other words, when you start watering down grace, it always leads to dysfunction dissatisfaction even though I'm worshiping. So we got majority of churches that are entering uh, are Christians uh, entering into churches uh, worshiping the same God but on the mountain of compromise and it's robbed us of our peace. It's robbed us of our joy. 
Somebody shout, you might be on the wrong mountain. Oh, and I'm going to put it in, 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 in vernacular. The, the, the pimps in the pulpit, I'm sorry, the prop, uh, pre, uh, pastors in the pulpit are preaching this new grace. And this new grace says it don't matter how you live. It don't matter how immoral you are. There's grace. Somebody shout, sound the alarm. There's a grace. There's a grace that covers up all your nonsense. Amen. So to the mountain of Samaria we go and we're worshiping and we're just as dysfunctional as the world we're living in. Is anybody in this house with me today? Amen. We're just as dysfunctional. Amen. Because we're still holding on to sin, but we're trying to fulfill the need to worship. So we choose the mountain of Samaria. We choose the mountain of Samaria. And the funny thing about on the mountain of Samaria that the woman was face to face with Jesus and couldn't recognize him. There's something about compromise that will veil you from seeing the resurrected Christ on the level in which he wants to see you. Amen. And isn't it amazing when she got the revelation that conviction caused her to run and say, come see a man who told me everything. Amen. Now, now, now I got to move on because that's not my sermon. But the mountain of Samaria is the mountain the church is living in today. It's total compromise that God is okay with sin. God is okay with rebellion. God is okay with it. Amen. As long as I pay my tithes, show up at church every now and then, do a little prayer, throw it up in the air, I can live like I want to. Amen. It is a false grace. It is a false grace. But may I submit to you, there's something just as destructive as a false grace, and it's a false holiness. Because now we got the mountain of Samaria and we got the mountain of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is where the law was given. It was the mountain of God. It's where God dwelled. The mountain shook. Amen. It demanded, amen, it demanded this sacrifice and that sacrifice. It demanded you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Amen. So we got the mountain of Jerusalem that's all about external observances. And then you got that mountain that we worship at to where we enter into churches with no passion, no zeal, no desire whatsoever. But they said, I got to walk like this and talk like this and act like this and I could be a part of their club. So I go to the mountain of Jerusalem every week and I have fulfilled all the external observances so I must be holy. But if you could look at my heart, I'd really rather cuss you out than hug you. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me right here. Amen. I would really rather be out there tying one on. I'd really rather be out there. But there's something in me that wants to worship. And they said, here is the requirements for holiness. And if I do all these things, I'm holy. And you know what I have found out? This makes, this makes some of the meanest, nastiest people on the planet. Because they're having to observe to rituals, rituals and out, external observances, amen. And as a result, it robs you of your joy because you have no peace within. Boy, this is, this is going to take a little time. It's gonna take a little, you're not like that, but you know people like that. Right? Don't look at anybody. Look straight ahead. Huh? I pray two times a day. I fast two times a week. Amen. Are you listening to me? I don't miss a Sunday service. Amen. I'm even at Wednesday night Bible class because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Amen. And just as mean-spirited as a snake. 
Oh, God, y'all help me. Come on, smile. Do something, Zach. Help me out up here. Amen. I'm struggling. Hey, listen to me. It's the mountain of Jerusalem. Amen. And now we've created a false holiness, and we judging the grace people. Oh, my God. We got the mountain of Jerusalem over here saying, you sorry, no good for nothing, compromising sinners. You out there doing everything they do. Are you listening to me? Amen. And the reason we're so mad is because we wish we was with them. Oh, my God, this thing is. Uh, but you wouldn't drink it. You wouldn't toke it. You wouldn't smoke it. You wouldn't poke it. You wouldn't do it to save your life. But not because you don't want to. Oh, my God. I'm a worshiper. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Are you listening to me? Having anxiety attacks. God is so good. Amen. Get up on Sunday morning, start a big fight, kick the cat, stomp the dog, all because you had to come to church today. Huh? Who am I preaching? I was just drawn right here. <laughs> Hey, listen to me. Get out of my way. Hey, Amen. You and your wife's in the bathroom fighting. Uh, Y'all are wondering, how you preach this stuff so well? We get ready. I finally put her in our closet to get ready. I get ready in the bathroom. She gets ready in the closet. Are you listening to me? Why? Because you're mad already. Why? Because it's Sunday. And I'd rather be fishing, but i got to go to church. Amen. God, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Are you listening to me? So we drag all this baggage in here. Glory! Uh, Oh, my God, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Hey, man, we mad. We're aggravated. Why? Because it's the wrong mountain. It's the mountain of religion. It's the mountain of Jerusalem. And amen. And you were just taught to fear God. We have no reverence of God. I told you you're supposed to fear God. I Quote the scripture. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Bound by pornography. Bound by ever hidden sin in the world. But when we walk out, we're dressed to the T. We know when to say amen. Are you okay, live church? We know when to say okay. Amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, and judging these folks over here because we think they're having all the fun. And here I am with all these rules and regulations. Then you got the grace people over here. Saying, you bunch of judgmental, don't judge me. I shouldn't have done that. It just happened. Don't judge me. Don't judge. Don't judge me. You're just religious. My God, are you listening to me? That's real. That's real, real. You listen to me? Amen. Doing everything that the world is doing, still bound by the same things I was bound by when I come into this mountain, but now I get to worship within the boundaries of my own God. And so we got two mountains in the south in the Bible Belt that are fighting each other right now, and I declare unto you, neither one of them is the mountain of God. 
Neither one of them is the mountain of God. God is not a legalist. He don't force or demand anything. Amen. He just gives us the opportunity. And so that leads to my sermon today. Give me 30 more minutes. Amen. It leads to my sermon today. Amen. He said, you didn't come to the mountain of compromise. You're not coming to the mountain of religion that sticks you into bondage and gives birth. Amen. To a bunch of birth, uh, uh, born addicted to systems. But you were born, you have come to Mount Zion, Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Oh, somebody pray for me right now. You've come to the city of the living God. He said, you've come to the general assembly. You've come to the church of the firstborn. Amen. That means Jesus. The Bible says Jesus was the firstborn. Amen. That got up out of grave and lived a resurrected life. You've joined a church now that everybody in it that's truly on the right mountain. Amen. Are people of the firstborn. Meaning we are now living in resurrected life. Catch this now. Catch this. Why? Because on this mountain, I see God. Presence. But, 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 but here he's not introduced as the father. He's introduced as the judge. When you come on this mountain, you come face to face with the judge. And the judge convicts you of your lawlessness. Oh, come on now, we finna find balance. The judge, I don't care what that preacher's telling you. When you come into the presence of God as a sinner, you are convicted of your lawlessness. Somebody shout, judge. Judge. Now, on the mountain of Jerusalem, there was no Jesus. There was only God. So when the priest went into worship, if you weren't holy, they tied a rope around your ankle and when you went into the presence of a holy God with sin, you dead. He drag you out. Next, next preacher. Uh, uh, you know what? I believe I'll, I believe I'll give my turn to him. Why? Because God is holy. He is holy. Are you following me? Amen. And there was no remedy. There was no remedy for your sin. So on the mountain of Jerusalem, you followed the law or you got excommunicated. You got killed. Anybody know any churches like that? That if you don't dress like they dress and hop like they hop and talk like they talk, you are excommunicated. Oh my God, this is too real for some of you. Amen. Huh? Because you're not following the outward external observances. So on this mountain, he said, when you come to this mountain, you come to God, the judge. Amen. And the judge brings conviction in your life. But conviction without a remedy always produces condemnation. But the good thing about this mountain, I can come in as a sinner. I can come in as a drug addict. I can come in as an immoral person. And God the judge brings conviction into my life. But praise God, right behind him, right beside him is Jesus the mediator. And God says, I'm convicting you of it, but I got the propitiation for it. 
I got the atonement for it. So, I, oh, somebody got to catch this right here. Amen. So when I come on this mountain, yes, I stand guilty before you, oh God. And I am a sinner on my way to hell. But praise God, you didn't come to condemn me. You come to convict me because you have the sacrifice right beside you. Oh, somebody catch this right here. So anybody can run to this mountain and find peace. Can find peace. Because remember what Jesus said? You come to this mountain, you find God. He's the judge. He's going to bring conviction. But you can't have conviction without the Christ or you have legalism. And we're telling people things they got to live and things they got to get rid of and things they got to quit without, without presenting the Christ who come to deliver you of it. Oh, somebody ought to help me right now. Somebody say, that's the mountain we want. Because he said, Jesus has the blood that's saying better things than Abel's blood. Remember that in scripture? You know what that means? You know what Abel's blood was saying? Abel's blood was crying out from the ground saying, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty. God said, I hear Abel calling from the ground. You're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. And most churches are so legalistic that the sinner can't come in without us pronouncing judgment and condemnation oh my God I'm preaching better than you're receiving because all we got is legalism all we got is law amen so we got one preacher that's preaching legalism and he's not presenting there's a remedy now I'm going to swap this so I need you to catch this when you, when you come to this mountain Scott just bear with me okay I, I just love you he's helping me a whole lot right now when you got this kind of mountain, Jennifer, the prostitute can run here. Wave at everybody. She ain't ashamed no more. She's got a testimony. The drug addict, the drug addict can run to this mountain. Uh, let me give you a quick testimony. She ran to this mountain in my office, just got out of the shower. Her hair was wet and had a bag. And she ran to my office on a Sunday morning before I was going to preach and dumped it on my desk. And I like to went into a coma. Crack pipes. You hear me? Crack pipes. Uh, vodka. Uh, drugs. I mean, I had a fortune laying in front of me and I was wrestling with. Oh my God, y'all are thinking the wrong thing. I was wrestling with, wow, that'll pay a mortgage. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. Hey, Amen. She comes and pours it on my desk saying, I got to have God. I got an elder in the bathroom flushing stuff down the commode, and we're praying for the prostitute. Are you listening to me? Yes, we didn't. We didn't say it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to give all that up to worship on this mountain. God brought conviction, and Jesus brought deliverance. The homosexual can run to this church and it is a safe place, amen? Not for them to continue to be dysfunction, but so they can be convicted and say there is a Jesus who has blood that cleanses you. My God, has anybody listened to me? Tell your neighbor, we got to get it right. Amen. So you got one that's just judging everybody 
and we put a wall between us and the sinner. We ain't going down there with them people. All they can talk about is what I'm supposed to do, what I can't do, and what I need to be doing. I believe in holiness that's being established. But he said, when you come to the mountain of God, you're going to find God, and you're going to find Jesus. And Jesus is standing there saying, that's all right, I got this. I know you guilty of sin. I know you are sorry, no good for nothing. Amen. But I died on an old rugged cross, and I'm sprinkling blood. I'm sprinkling blood, and let me tell you about my blood. It ain't religious blood. It's blood that'll change your conscience. It'll change your desires. It'll change your life. I was a drunk when I got saved, but when I got up, I was a saint. Oh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing about that. My God, fluky, was, I mean, uh, fruit. Don't let that name fool you. Drunk, drinking, dipping, smoke. What else? What other bad habit? That's okay. Hey, listen to me. Amen. When you run to the right mountain, religion will tell you you need to quit it. But the mountain of God will present you a Christ who, who died on the cross so you could be delivered of it. Amen. I know we don't see this in churches no more, but when you're born on the right mountain, you're freeborn. I said you're freeborn. You're freeborn. You're born free. This is the good news. You mean I don't just need to join one of your programs and fight this thing for six months? No! I don't know if you can receive this. This is the true gospel. It's called being born again. Something was born that didn't exist 30 seconds ago. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when you're really born... Courtney, you're so funny. Her eyes that big around. When you're really born again, you get up and behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things. You hold on both sides. Oh, I've never, I didn't know this mountain existed. I didn't know there was this kind of mountain to where I can meet God and meet Jesus and be set free in a minute. In a minute, I can be set free. So I got Jesus. But see, you can't have God without Jesus. Because God is the judge and he brings conviction. But if you don't bring Jesus in who paid for your sin, you're walking around in condemnation all the time. You're just condemned. I'm just beat up. Why? That's what the law did. The law wasn't unholy. The law wasn't bad. It just revealed to me what I really was. But there was no blood at that time that could deliver me from what I really was. So I killed the lamb. I cut the goat's throat. Amen. I, I did everything I was supposed to do. But the Bible says the law was weak through the flesh. God, oh my. The law was weak through the flesh. So the law wasn't bad, but my flesh couldn't fulfill the righteousness of God. So when you just got a mountain with law on it, it's just condemnation all the time. I want to do good, but I can't. I'm trying to do better. But... And then you come to church and set in condemnation because everybody else seems so happy and you're sitting there thinking, man, they seem like it's working for them. Me, I need to join. <laughs> oh my God, I wish y'all would be real with me. Me? I just need a six pack. 
Y'all ain't going to help me, but I'm going to stand right here and preach the truth. Huh? Me, I just can't really wait till I get back to my car where I can settle my nerves because these people are making me nervous because they're so free. My God, that ain't Christianity. That's another one, Colby. <laughs> you preached on. That's another Christianity, and it's not the mountain of God. On the mountain of God, you get conviction, but you got a Christ to set you free. Oh, but let me take it a little further, amen. You can't have Christ without God. You can't have the blood without the judge. Mm, I'm just covered by the blood. Just covered by the blood. I'm as bound as I was before I come to church. I'm still an addict. I'm still dysfunctional. I'm still immoral. But God don't see nothing but blood. God, somebody shout sound the alarm. Covered by the blood. All I want is the Jesus. All I want is the Jesus. I don't want the conviction. Oh, come on. Am I preaching right? Amen. I don't, I'm just covered by blood. Amen. You can't have Jesus without the judge because the judge is going to convict you of things that he didn't intend for you to be bound with all your life. And Christ is simply to wash that thing out of your life. So when you try to get the blood without the conviction, it leaves you dysfunctional. Woo! He said, let me, let me help y'all. This is the true gospel I'm preaching. You didn't come to the mountain of Samaria, which is the mountain of compromise. You hadn't come to the mountain of legalism in Jerusalem to where it's just a bunch of external rituals with no heart, but you've come to the mountain of God. Jesus said a time is coming and now he is. When you're not going to worship on either one of those mountains, you're going to worship on my father's mountain and you're going to worship in spirit and in we want to come every summer and get a little spirit on. Get to bucking. Huh? But we don't want no conviction. And when the preacher starts establishing holiness again, it's time for us to find another mountain. This is a holy mountain. It is the mountain of God. And God the judge is there to bring conviction. And Jesus is there with the blood to wash me of my dysfunction. And, and as a result, the Bible says, you have come to the general assembly, which means festive celebration. He said, when you get my mountain established and people are liberated from the inside out, then there is a celebration on my mountain. But it's a true celebration because it's a celebration of heartfelt Christians that have been liberated. Amen. By the power. Is anybody listening to me? And there is a joyous sound coming out of my mountain that people say, I want to be a part of that mountain. I want to be a part of that mountain. He said, so not only have you come to this mountain where the presence of God is, and his presence always brings conviction, but where the blood is that sets me free, and now I'm starting to live the abundant life. But he said, there's something else there, remember? An innumerable company of angels. I got help here. I got help here. Thank you for your word of encouragement, but I really don't need an accountability partner to make sure I don't do the wrong thing because God doesn't put in me to do the right thing. And now I got ministering spirits around me. There's your grace. 
There's your grace. Now I got ministering spirits around me to help me. Are you listening to me? To strengthen me, to encourage me. He said, this is the mountain I'm bringing you to. Amen. It's not by works. It's not by your own effort. He said, deliverance is there. The Father is there. And then he said, my angels are there to help lead you in the right direction. Now let me throw out a couple things here. Those ministering spirits that are there to help us sometimes helps us in a way that we're not comfortable with. Because <laughs> they're not just your cheerleader to give you all your attaboys. But they're also that same angel of that same spirit that when Balaam was going to curse Balak, and he is riding on his donkey. That same angel that was applauding him is now standing out of the sword in his hand. Saying, uh-uh. You ain't going down there. That ain't where you're supposed to be. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me on this part. That ain't where. So he's standing in the road and the donkey crushes his foot. He jumps up and cussing the donkey. About ready to kill him. So the donkey just starts talking to him. <laughs> it sounded about like that. <laughs> God, that was a horrible sleep. <laughs> but before he could kill him, donkey said, don't you see? There's an angel standing in front of me and he's finna take you out. So I crushed your foot. Can I help somebody right now? Everything you're, you're doing is turning to poo. <laughs> Everything you're doing just gets wrecked. Oh, my God. Everything you're doing, everything, you just can't get nothing going your way. And it's because you're going your own way, and that same spirit that's there to applaud you is standing there saying, ha ha. I ain't letting you go that way. I'm going to crush your ankle till you walk in. Some of y'all walking like this. Said, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I ain't saying a word. Amen. I, I just don't understand. And all the while, it's those ministering spirits that were sent to keep you on the right track. Amen. And that same donkey that used to carry you just fine is trying to preach a sermon to you right now. My God, this is too good. All this is on this mountain. That's how safe it is on this mountain. If I just realized what mountain I was on. I got God and my father. You know, it's pretty awesome when the judge is your dad. Can I get a witness? I mean, look, the judge is my dad. Not that he's going to bend the rules. He's going to. He's a just God. Amen. But he's got the answer sitting right beside him. He's given me ministering spirits to help me walk it out. And when I start trying to act like a fool, he'll stop it. But if you don't recognize, some of y'all are just living miserable life because you're running headlong the other way. Holy Spirit said, huh, I'll break a leg for you. <laughs> Not literally, but I'll crush that thing. What would have been successful in the right mindset ain't working for you. It ain't working for you. You're just stumbling from here and there, there and there, doing this and that, and ain't none of it working. It's because I got ministering spirits that's trying to keep me in the right track. He's got my back. Is anybody listening to me? 
he, he, he's got my back. Now, I, I need to wind this down, but i got to throw this one more point out there. So when I come to this mountain, I come to God, there should be conviction in this house. Amen. If you're worshiping on the mountain of Samaria that's condoning your dysfunction, you'll never find peace on that mountain. You'll find yourself in one relationship after another. And when I say relationship, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about getting involved in one thing after another. There's no peace there. There's no peace there. And all the time we say, well, got my freedom, though. Got my freedom. I can do what I want to do. How's that working for you? That's some of the most unhappy people in our churches. Don't judge me. It's so funny that everything that we call commitment, the people on Samaria call it religious. Anything that requires me to be committed, religious. And then you got the other judgmental side. And God said, on my mountain, there's freedom. On my mountain, there's freedom. On my mountain, there's transformation. On my mountain, I'll set you free. On the mountain of God, I'm going to give you help to go with it. And as a result, he said, this is a general assembly. You've come to a general assembly. This is not just a place for us to go to church. General assembly actually means a governing body. I brought you to this mountain to start taking over your geographical location. That's what this church is designed to do. Brother Fruit, to start binding principalities and bias, spiritual wickednesses in high places, to start destroying the works of the devil. Is anybody with me tonight? He said, I called you in here to set you free and put you in a place of authority and dominion. That's my mountain. That's my mountain. So having said all of that, that's the reason God told me to sound the alarm. Because I'm afraid we're worshiping on the mountain, but I'm afraid it's not the right mountain. He said, because in my mountain, there's going to be testimonies of freedom that's going to draw them from far and near. I got one example for you. Scott Bamberg, when he came in and God just changed his life. Changed his life. Just wrecked it. Changed it. Turned it. And set him free. He decided to give his testimony. And they packed this church out. Not only did they pack his church out. And they came from every denomination. Every background. Because somebody wanted to see a radical salvation. Are y'all following me? Somebody, it goes to show you the hunger of people who wants to see a radical transformation to where a character is changed, nature is changed. Not only that, it went viral. May I submit to you, what if every salvation was that radical? The testimony of the Lord would be in this house. And it would draw them for miles around because they said, that's different. That's not the mountain of Samaria. And it's not the mountain of Jerusalem. But it's the perfect mountain of God. There's no compromise there, but there's no judgmentalism either. There's nothing but exposure and deliverance. And as a result, everybody's happy. Why? 
Because on that mountain, they're worshiping on the inside. And then I found out we can quit preaching these messages of, of what you're supposed to drink and not drink. We can quit preaching these messages of what you're supposed to wear and not wear. Because when you get saved on the inside, there is a natural freeborn disposition that starts governing your character. So we're on the mountain of Jerusalem trying to convince everybody of some religious things they need to do because we never really experienced a salvation that changed my heart. If y'all want to find this, I'm getting long, so I need to quit. But if you want to find this, it's in Romans chapter number 2. It said the Gentiles got saved, and they by nature. Oh, that song you started making up a while ago. They by nature fulfilled the whole law. In other words, I'm not doing this stuff because I was told to. It's who I am. That's freedom. Do you hear me, body of Christ? It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom on the inside. And now I'm not with my own strength trying to stop something. There's something in me that when my flesh reaches for it, it says, that's not you. That's freedom. That's freedom. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.